Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our podcast explores the world to document the oral history of today's art and culture. Venice is proven as a top destination for international contemporary art. The 58th Venice Art Biennale opened on May 11, 2019, and will be on view for the next six months. Thank you to Philadelphia-based art historian Deborah Barkin for contributing views from Venice on Instagram. Follow her encounters at FreshArtINTL. Today we share a flashback to 2017, when Italy was the first stop on a six-week Fresh Art International Field Expedition. From Miami, we journeyed to Venice, then Athens, Oslo, Berlin, Kassel, Münster, and Paris to record sonic encounters. Today, I'm sharing a few of the sounds I encountered during preview days for the 57th Venice Art Biennale. Let's begin with the setting for one of the world's oldest international art exhibitions. Venice is an ancient island city. No cars here. Everyone gets around on foot or by boat along a network of canals. Each step along the sidewalk paths and bridges that cross the canals. Each ride on the water bus and even the accidental discovery of a fountain in a courtyard is a tempting opportunity to capture sound. Here are a few that I love. Church bells at sunset and an organist warming up for vespers. Street music, ranging from an accordion player at the edge of a plaza to a jazzy little band outside a Venetian tapas bar. Of course, I came to record conversations with curators and artists about their projects within the Venice Art Biennale exhibition and the national pavilions. The biennial has two main venues, the Giardini, a park with many separate buildings, and the Arsenale, which is a complex of former shipyards and armories. There are other projects across the city, and I'll share some of those too. This year, the French pavilion is a sound space. At the opening, after the speeches and applause for artist Xavier Veillon and curators Christian Marclay and Lionel Bovier, I follow the crowd to experience a performance by two young artists coming from l'Académie de l'Opéra de Paris, the Paris Opera Academy. They are among the hundred musicians that Veillon invited to perform inside the pavilion he and his team transformed into Studio Venezia. The modernist design combines a performance platform and recording studio, evoking German artist Kurt Schwitter's Merzbau project. The acoustics are amazing. First, you'll hear pianist Federico Tibone performing an experimental work with vocalist Farah Eldibani. He's playing a rarely heard sculptural instrument, 
with a sound that evokes the piano and glass harmonica. Next, on a grand piano, he plays while Farah sings a classical piece from the opera Samson and Delilah by French composer Camille Saint-Saëns. Yeah, actually, it was an improvisation. Will you describe the instrument you're playing? There are, I think, only 100 instruments like this. The idea is uh, um, like the, the, the crystal glass when they, with water, yes. they produce sound. And in this beautiful room, uh, it sounds really... It's like a chapel. Niche. Yeah.
name is Farah El Dibani. I'm Egyptian. You were trained classically. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was definitely trained classically. I studied in Germany classic music, opera, singing. What brought you into this project? Well, it's a collaboration between the, the Opera House of Paris because we are at the Opera House of Paris, at the opera studio there, uh, Young Artists Program. And it's a collaboration between the Opera House of Paris and the Studio Venezia, the Xavier Veillon. They chose us to represent the Opera House of Paris here. That's at fantastic. The, yeah. And there's a range of music that will take place in here. Yours is just the opera version. That yeah, classical music. Exactly, element. exactly. We're the only classical it. musicians, I think. Okay. The rest musicians are. The rest of them are uh, from all kinds, all kinds of different genres, different genres and Jazz, different types of music. Exactly, wave, yeah. everything, rock, electronic heavy. music, everything. Yeah. Okay. And Very. what inspired the piece you chose to sing just now? The French one, the Mon Coeur sur Ottawa. Yeah. What? I feel, because I tried several stuff already here in the room, and I feel the French pieces give a certain impression, certain atmosphere and color. Especially the Dalila, it has a certain... You see the, the part where I was very... where I did the piano. It created a certain atmosphere in the room, and I think, yeah. I think that's what he wants, the artist, actually. He wants you to feel the room and respond exactly, to it. Exactly, exactly. That's the whole point. Even if it's not the typical... Um, typical situation for an opera singer but I have to say the audience responds perfectly and the, the acoustic here is amazing so it's, I'm very glad to be here really very honored the next day I returned to the French pavilion to capture a completely different sound experience driven by the Italian duo known as my cat is an alien two brothers Maurizio and Roberto Opalio have been creating and performing experimental work together since early 1998. Thank <laughs> you. 
The next sounds I'm going to share are from the German pavilion in Giardini. Though I visited the pavilion, I was unable to witness Faust, the riveting goth performance choreographed by artist Anne Imhoff. Germany won the Golden Lion for this project. What's described as an epic performance takes place mostly beneath a glass floor that spans the pavilion. The experience is one of looking down on a disturbing human experiment. The Vernissage TV team out of Basel, Switzerland, captured a fraction of one of the daily five-hour performances in a short video. Check the Fresh Art International website for the link. Here's an excerpt apparently recorded during one of the calmer moments of the performance.
Animhof and the German Pavilion shared two excerpts from the Faust audio track, music composed by Billy Boutille, one of the artist's long-term collaborators. Here's an excerpt of the piece titled Eulogy. And now you'll hear red. 
This audio from Faust communicates the intensity of the performance. Now for an outdoor encounter with sound art. Walking from Giardini along a path less traveled, I reach a quiet entrance at the north end of the Arsenale. That's where I discover Egyptian artist Hassan Khan's sound art project, Composition for a Public Park. Khan won the Silver Lion Award for Promising Young Artist at this biennial. Visitors experience his multi-channel work by walking around and through a small park. Today, I'm sharing two different encounters with this composition. Here's my experience. Composition for a Public Park, Movement 3. No political romanticism. Composizione per un parco pubblico. Movimento 3. Nessun romanticismo politico. And here's what my new friend Andrew Russeth recorded on his walk through the park. Andrew is an art critic based in New York. He's co-executive editor of Art News. You'll find his impressions of the biennial on his Vimeo page, 16 Miles of String. Go to freshartinternational.com for the link.
Outside the traditional biennial venues, other national pavilions pop up in churches, villas, and plazas. I joined the celebration of the first Nigerian pavilion and the exhibition titled How About Now? A former school on Campo San Ste at the edge of the Grand Canal. I arrived by Vaporetto just in time for an introduction to Nigerian artist Kudus Onikeku. These excerpts from my field recording of his two-part performance and in a conversation with the pavilion's curator, Adenrele Shinariwo. Our last item of the day is the much-awaited performance by a very thought-provoking artist, Kudus Onikeku. I mean, just to tell you the significance of what Kudus does, uh, Dr. Zoe Whitley, curator of the international art at Tate Modern says, having first witnessed Kudus's choreography at Freedom Park, Lagos in 2015, I was in no doubt of having witnessed something transformative. He's working in an association with Keziah Jones, who's the musician, singer, and songwriter. And the piece Kudus is performing today is called Right Here, Right Now. Thank you. So we aren't going anywhere. We are not going anywhere. And we are not showing you anything. And you're not going to see anything because you're part of something. You're not an audience. You're an active participant in this. You're not an audience. You're an active participant in this. So I need you to be present with your memories, with your ambitions with your pains and with your hearts and with your power and your vulnerability. I need you to be here with me right now. If you're not here, it's not gonna happen. So please, I'm begging you, let it happen. But I need some people to play music with us.
Happy Bird. Nice to meet you. Can we stand over here a little bit? Um, this is very impressive and it's the first Nigerian pavilion. Yes, the very first one. My name is Aden Rele Shonarewo. How did you come to be the curator of this space? Um, just having, um, I guess, a passion for wanting to been having visited several times and having the passion to want to bring Nigeria here for the very first time. And the theme is how about now? How about now? And I just experienced this amazing performance. Yes. Um, how about now really is dealing with what it means to be to be a Nigerian now and what it means to be a Nigerian artist. So the issues that we're choosing to champion, the narratives that we want to bring to the fore. Um, a lot of times when you hear about the news about Nigeria, it's not very positive. And that's not to say we don't have um, negative sides to us. It just means that we want the story to be more balanced. Um, we have a very rich and long history of art and culture, dating back to the 19th century, you know, when the Benin artifacts, for instance, were carted away. And so this installation that you see here, for instance, um, with the bronzes and the mirrors and the, the signs and the symbols, uh, um, is a, it's really a homage um, to, for us not to forget, to remember all the, um, our rich artistic culture. We'll leave you with the celebratory sounds of American artist Carolee Schneemann accepting the Golden Lion for lifetime achievement. In memory of Carolee Schneemann, who died March 6, 2019, we share the May 11, 2017 episode that features our conversation with the artist. Indulgence. The persistence. The, the personal. Painterly mess. 
the dense clutter, the persistence, the, the stalled feelings, the primitive touch, techniques. Sensibility. I don't take the, the touch, advice the of men who only talk to themselves. You just heard an excerpt of a 1995 variation of Interior Scroll, the iconic 1975 work performed by American artist Carly Schneemann. In a vast underground cave, Schneemann and seven nude women performed the ritualized actions of the original performance, reading the text aloud as each slowly extracts the scroll from her vagina. Today, I'm thrilled to share the telephone conversation I recorded with the artist just days before she receives the Golden Lion for Lifetime Achievement at the opening ceremony of the 57th Venice Art Biennale in Venice, Italy. Carolee Schneemann started as a painter in the 1950s. In the 1960s, she began using her own body as material in experiments with film, music, poetry, dance, and performance. Since then, she's explored a range of cultural and political taboos. Her groundbreaking work continues to move us. You've transformed art and my knowledge of it as it relates to the body, sexuality, and gender like no one else has. Everyone remembers the provocative performances. Performance is a dilemma for me. I'm fighting that constantly now. I'm a visual artist. I'm a painter. Everything I do comes out of the discipline of perception, of paying attention to the elements around me, and all my disciplines come from painting, the rhythm, the structure, duration, fragmentation, integration. Painting led me to activate the body and to introduce actions that I felt were struggling against the wall of male fetishization and male conventions surrounding the female body and its perception. But for the past 25 years, I have not done performance. I do installations. I'm working with very complex computer systems and motorized elements. And I've been working with motorized installations since 1965. It's very hard for me to have to be locked into the most seemingly audacious works because what I say now is that my use of the body has obscured my body of work. Interior scroll was a dream image. I never thought it would be enacted or that it could possibly be shocking. It was a very simple little uh, residual waking image that I made a drawing of, of a woman with her leg up extracting a message from her vagina that was a cautionary set of perceptions about film and gender. So when I enacted that work, I always thought it was very simple, and I had no idea it would have such a sustaining presence and an ideology and also create great uh, trouble for me. I would lose jobs because of it. I would lose exhibits because uh, part of the group, the organization that would advise museums on their investments would be composed of uh, very angry men who felt all my works pornographic. So it's been a very complex long haul through these simple visualizations. It was my privilege to include your work 
and potentially harmful the art of American censorship, the exhibition I curated for Georgia State University in 2006, we featured cycladic imprints, photographs from that multimedia installation from 1989. You experience censorship on so many levels. You still have this enduring legacy. Everything you do has been provocative because you've built this way of working with your own body and about the body through different media that have established a new art history for women, I think. Oh, thank you, Kathy. That's generous. You know, I have a veil over all the appreciation. I think it's wonderful, but I'm never sure it's really real anymore because for so many years the work was denigrated. And the most suppressed work of all is the work that I do examining violence, examining destruction, the systematic mayhem that defines our culture, but it's always occluded because we have, as Americans, all our aggressions are righteous and principled. The Vietnam work in 65 that consumed me and was always in juxtaposition to my work of the ecstatic and the domestic ordinary. I'm always moving between those two realms. The work I did on 9-11, terminal velocity, just wanting to make in memoriam to the images of the falling bodies to be as close to them as I visually could and to feel that they were sacrosanct. When those images those permutated photographs were first exhibited, many people were outraged that I would dare depict and bring forward the vulnerability of our our culture, that people could be shown as they were dying. It incited revengeful anger. The real premise is that I believe in looking at the difficult things that my culture wants to suppress and not examine. What do you hope will be viewed as the most significant contribution that you've made in the field? I think the example of the equitable heterosexual couple, which was a very early definition sustaining my work in my life. My life with James Kenney, the composer, in documented or transformed as an unerotic film and profuses. And that's 1965, and that's very early, and that's still basic to what has sustained my sense of purpose and potentiality. Also that I've been in the same house since 1965, and it's a magic, very blessed place. And my hope would be to somehow find a way to sustain this space so that it could be available to other Uh, writers or thinkers, artists, not for building and making because it's a house from 1750 and uh, we want to keep it and not cover it in paint and heavy materials, but it's got such an embracing, positive atmosphere that people always come to their best images and feelings of potential work here. What would be your advice to artists who would like to, I guess, resist the 
classical or traditional definitions of women, relationships, resistance, feminism, what would you suggest to them as the most important thing to remember as they create their work? Research. I think research to understand what underlies the contemporary contradictions. Get all the knowledge you possibly can that makes sense to your purpose and to work together to form a community of focus and to be as fearless as possible. The logic of and means, which are inflicted upon systems. My work viewers, has it's no true I said beyond. when I watch I have done away. It's true I said when I watch your films, my mind wanders freely. During the half hour of pulsing dots, I compose letters, dream of my lover, write a grocery list, rummage in a trunk for a missing sweater, plan drainage pipes for the root cellar. It is pleasant not to be manipulated. This is the Fresh Art International Podcast. I'm Kathy Bird. Thank you to Philadelphia-based art historian Deborah Barkin for contributing this week's stories from the 58th Venice Art Biennale. Follow her encounters at FreshArtintl. In today's flashback to 2017, we introduce the 57th Venice Art Biennale through conversations and performances at the National Pavilions of France, Germany, and Nigeria. We share our experience of Egyptian artist Hassan Khan's outdoor sound art project. And we celebrate the life and art of Carolee Schneemann, who received the Golden Lion Award in 2017. On our website, or anywhere you go to listen, you'll hear other voices from the 57th Art Biennale. Discover episodes with artists Samson Young, Hong Kong, Lisa Rehana, New Zealand, Mark Bradford, United States, Joanna Shumali, Ivory Coast, and curator Tammy Katz-Freyman, Israel. Please share Fresh Art International with your friends and take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Emily Hall Tremaine Foundation, Locust Projects, and the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, Tempest Projects, Artists in Residence in Everglades, and listeners like you make this oral history project possible. Go to freshartinternational.com and click on the red support button to give us a boost. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.